Glory to God. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it's in the name of Jesus. We praise you. We thank you. We give you all the glory and all honor. For truly, you're worthy of all the praise. And that's why we're here today, to worship you because you're worthy. There's no God like you. You woke us up this morning. You started us on our way. We thank you. Father, we thank you for being God. Thank you for being sovereign. Thank you for being in control. We're gathered today. We're your people. Gathered together in your name, Lord Jesus, to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Have your way. Have your way today in the sanctuary. Have your way in the preaching and the singing. Have your way, Lord God. Father, we be, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Lord, we ask that, Lord, the saved will be strengthened. And, Lord, we ask that the lost will be saved. Father, we ask that you continue to meet needs in each and every life. Lord, we just have, ask you to just have your way in the service. And whatever is done, we're going to praise you and give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we enter your gates with thanksgiving into your courts with praise. We worship you, Lord God, and we give thanks into your name. Lord, we thank you for everyone in attendance. Lord, we thank you for our church. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this community. Bless us to be a blessing in our families. Bless us to be a blessing in our communities. Bless us to be a blessing in our church. Bless us to be a blessing in the world to tell Men and women, boys and girls, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And that you love people and you send him to die for our sins. And you raise him up for the third day. On the third day, and he's seated at the right hand to give you praise and honor and glory. And intercede with us. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you. Have your way and bless your services, our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Good morning, Resurrection. Good morning, Resurrection. Good morning, Resurrection. Family and guests, may we please rise as we ex accept our evangelism graduation class. Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
All right, Miss Betty Drill Sergeant. <laughs> Praise the Lord for the process. Praise God for our graduates. If you've ever been in the process, you know that it's a lengthy thing, but it's also somewhere you can grow and you can improve your walk with the Lord. Good morning, Resurrection. Good morning, Resurrection. Good morning, Resurrection. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it's been one of those weeks. And I just thought if I can just get to the house of the Lord with my brothers and my sisters, we draw strength in numbers. And I'm glad that the Holy Spirit has met us here on today. Thank the Lord for his presence. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I get excited when I think about all that he's done for me. How he woke me up this morning. How he started me on my way this morning. How he breathed into my nostrils the breath of life. How he touched my hand so I can raise them up. How even though my body might have been rocking with pain, he said, get up. And I took a step and I said, Lord, I thank you for one more day to give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you all for coming today. We know you could have been somewhere else doing something else, but we decided to come together today to lift up the name of the Most High God. If you are visiting us for the very first time, very first time, or you've been here before, we ask that you would text guests to 830-689-8074. I know you're excited because our pastor is going to bring another impactful word from his series about name dropping. And I'm excited about the names he's dropped on this past series, and you're able to apply it. Look, turn to your neighbor and tell him, welcome. I welcome you once, I welcome you twice, I welcome you three times in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look, yes, yes. We have an amazing young woman of power in the house on today, y'all. Look, I had to get a little snippet of her. This morning, I had to tune in a little bit early because I, you know, I love praise and worship. But Miss Kim McFarland, if she will come and grace us with our amazing praise and worship team. Bless you, woman of God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. So what are we going to do? We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Anybody come to lift the name of Jesus higher? Great Jehovah, you are wonderful. I will lift your name higher. Come on, somebody say higher. Come on, one more time, higher. Come on, let's do this. Come on, I will lift your name higher. Great Jehovah, you are wonderful. You are mighty, you are awesome. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Oh, I will lift up your name higher. I will lift up your name higher. Oh, great Jehovah, you are wonderful. I will lift you up higher. 
is wonderful. I know his help me sing. I know his name. His name is wonderful. One more time, I know his Hey, I know his name. His name is wonderful. I know his name. Help me sing it. I know his name. His name is wonderful. Oh, I know his name. I know his name. He is the Prince of Peace. I know his name. Help me. He is the Prince of Peace. Yes, Lord. Oh, I know his name. I know his name. He is the Prince of Peace. I know his name. Help me. Jesus out, you sing it. Higher, 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 higher. Hey, higher, higher. Jesus. Come on, higher, 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 Jesus. Oh, lower, 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 lower. Stump say the lower. Sing it. Lower, 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 lower. Come on, stump on his head. Oh, you're wonderful. No. 
know Jesus? Have you ever tried Jesus? Why don't you take a, take a little minute and tell your neighbor what Jesus has done for you? Just tell them how good he is. He opened doors. He made a way. He lifted me up. He covered me. He protected me from seen and unseen. We talk about the seen, but we never talk about the unseen. How? Somebody call Jesus. Come on, just one more time. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know all things work together for good. I recorded this song, I was 18 years old. Had no clue what I was singing. I was the youngest in the, in the choir, the Thompson, Reverend Milton Barnson and the Thompson Community Singers. So at 18, I'm singing a song. I'm just glad to be in the number. And I'm just glad that Reverend Bronson made, made them give me the song. All these other people that were se senior and seasoned. And he picked this little girl from the west side of Chicago. And he told the musicians, get Kimberly that song. Yeah. And the song says, the race on, is not given. Nor to the strong. Ooh, ooh, the strong. But to the one. Lost 
you may have to cry, but I dare you to try your weeping eyes. Cause sometimes there may be days you may have to walk alone, but I know gonna work out oh yes they will it's for the good of them it's for the good of them who love love oh if you know it help me sing it no matter Anybody know? 
know when God got to be your lawyer in a courtroom. Come on and make some noise in here. This is testimony service. Oh, who loves? Come on and tell him it will. Yes, it will. It's gonna work out for the good of him who somebody who's only 25 years old say that's a that's a huge CD disc amen that's a real big one and then I recorded it from there oh, oh, oh wait I recorded it to my cassette so I could play it in my and I could take it out of my car and I could put it in my boom y'all had one too and at that time I was a musician so I would take my boom box and put it on the organ so I could learn what key it was in and if I didn't like the key I would slow down Y'all ain't hearing me. Yeah. So I could change the key. What key was that? C sharp. Mm -hmm. 
Come on, let's give God some love for Kim. Amen. She's in. She's going to be in concert in Austin. She was close by, and so we scooped her up and got her down here. Amen. And um, I'm glad we were able to work it out. Amen. And we just love you and we thank God for you. We're bringing you back in full concert next time. Amen. Come on, give God some praise for her. Listen, I knew they had church in Chicago. I just didn't know they knew how to do it like we do it in Texas. Amen. Amen. If you love the Lord, make a great big noise one more time. As always, let's give God some praise for our worship leaders and our singers. Amen. Our musicians. Amen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's updating. <laughs> give me my phone. We got all kind of options. Amen. Amen. Mm, 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 mm. That devil is so busy. That's what you say when stuff mess up that you didn't, you know. Gotta blame it on somebody. Amen. 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 He did not want y'all to hear this word today. Amen. But there is a word from the Lord. What an honor and a privilege it is to come to you this morning and share with you the convictions I have about my Christ. Amen. Amen. I knew this day would come, and that's why I partially prepared. <laughs> Amen. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, we are grateful and we are thankful for the privilege to be able to come to you on this day realizing that it will be all right. You are the God who has said in your word, even when we don't understand, in your word, Lord, that it will all work out together for the good of them who love you and we've come to declare collectively today that we love you right now but right now we want to love on you for these next few minutes give us a word we need a word from the Lord if we don't hear from you we will not know what to do so speak to us today and we'll be careful to give your name the praise in Jesus name we pray Anoint us afresh with the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts. Be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and redeemer. In Jesus' name, let all say amen. Say amen one more time. Amen. I'd like for you to travel with me once again to the textual territory, to Genesis chapter 22. We want to read into your hearing verses 12 through 11 through 14, 12 through 14 from the New Century Version of the Bible, verses 12 through 14, NCV. When you find it, say amen. 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 And it says, in that version, 
do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because I have not withheld from you your son, your only son from me. The devil is sure busy. <laughs> and then Abraham looked up and he saw a ram in the bush. And Abraham went and took the ram and killed it. He offered it as a whole burnt offering to God and his son was saved. And Abraham named that place the Lord provides. Even today, people say on this day, on that mountain, that the Lord will provide. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. You may be seated in the name, in the presence of our God. We want to tag this text with this title on today, and we're still in our series entitled Name Dropper. I'm a name dropper. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a name dropper. We want to tag this text today with this title. We want to talk about Jireh, the Lord who provides. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord will provide. Throughout scriptures, whenever people of faith had a new experience of God, they always assigned a new name to God. God did not change, but their experience of God grew, it evolved, it expanded and changed. Notably, the prompts that typically pushed people past previous portraits of the Lord were problems and pressures. Said differently, it's typically our troubles, our trauma, our tensions and trials that teach us just how to trust. In our moments of anxiety and agitation and our moments of bitterness and brokenness and crisis and catastrophes, in the midst of all that, it is in those moments that God reveals himself as our source of hope, healing, and health. We've learned in these last few weeks the name Jehovah, which simply means I am that I am. I am whatever you need. I am whenever you need it. I am who you need, however you require it. We learned about Elohim, that God can literally make something out of nothing. We talked about El Shaddai, that he's more than enough. With the aid, the assistance, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, today we want to drop another name for God. Because in the tale of our text for today, Abraham assigns a suffix to Jireh. He assigns this suffix Jireh to Jehovah. He assigns Jireh to that name, which simply means when put together, I am the Lord who provides. Can I give you some background real quickly? Because by way of history, this story of Abraham transpired 2,000 years before Jesus, over 4,000 years ago before you and me. And around the time when this was being written, Stonehenge was just being erected. The alphabet 
was in its earliest stage of development and for the first time ever, wheeled chariots were coming into use. The worldview at this time all over the world was polytheistic. Say polytheistic. That's a million dollar word for many gods. They believed in many gods, the many, not M-I-N-I, but M-A-N-Y, many gods. Gods that they could control. I, I don't need a God that they, kind of, they had. They had gods that you could pick up, but I, I want a God who can pick me up. They had a God that you had to dust off. I need a God that can dust me off. I, <laughs> They had a God that you could carry. I need a God who can carry me. They had many gods right on time. <laughs> and they lived in fear of these gods, fear of these gods because of the whims. They never knew when these gods would have a temper tantrum, when these gods would seek retribution. So people concluded in order to appease these gods, we were going to have to give an offering. And they simply believed in their hearts that the more costly the offering, the greater the odds that things would flow in your favor. And so they continued in their thinking that uh, what greater sacrifice to offer to a God than a child? And, and I got to ask this question real quickly. That was their thinking back then, that this was their religion. And this is why you got to be careful of religion. Religion really is composed of systems that are human-made, that humans have tried to build to control what they cannot control, that can take you logically to the place where, especially them, where they were offered that which was most sacrificed and most cherished and most valuable. Religion will mess you up. Religions are cultish. That's why you need a relationship. Religion can't save you. Last time I checked, Jesus can. And so Abraham's world was one in which gods, the gods, demanded human sacrifice. He believed this as well, and I can prove it to you because when this yet-to-be-named God showed up, he instructs Abraham to offer his son, and Abraham ain't even shocked. In fact, the text says the next morning he got up early and loaded his donkey. He doesn't argue. He doesn't protest. He doesn't drag his feet. He doesn't even ask for instructions. Abraham gets right to it. He clearly knows what to do, and so he does it because it's how he understood how this world worked at this time. He was a native. He was indigenous to Ur of the Chaldeans. And the Chaldeans worshipped a plethora of gods. And so Abraham, based on how he come to know, understand the world and understand faith, took his only son, Isaac, to Mount Moriah to sacrifice him. It's quiet. And so I'm going to address this elephant in the room and the elephant in the room of this text is the question what kind of God would ask you to sacrifice your child stick a pin there for a moment I'll come back I'll answer it but Isaac was Abraham's dream come true he was the promised and long-awaited gift given and now apparently he was being taken back 
keep in mind that Abraham not only loved Isaac, he needed Isaac. Abraham was holding on to a promise that from him would come a great nation, but the fulfillment of that promise rested on this one child, Isaac. If Isaac died without having any children of his own, Abraham, who was already advanced in years, would no longer have a bloodline. With Isaac's death, Abraham's life would no longer matter at all. So this request to sacrifice his son appeared to contradict the promise that Abraham had left kith and kin to pursue. The directive doesn't seem to make any sense. And it's worth noting here that there is no record of him even discussing this with Sarah. You can almost anticipate her response. You gonna do what to my son? Sarah no doubt would have assumed that Abraham had some screws loose. That he was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. That he was standing in the middle of the week looking both ways for Sunday. That he was two fruit loops short of a full bowl that he had lost his ever-loving mind and with fingers pointing and you could almost see the neck working she probably would have lost her temper as well please understand this was the son that she too had waited on for 90 years and Abraham who was old enough to be suffering from senility by now believes that God is directing him to go to the mountain and kill the boy. That wouldn't have gone very well in any home that I know of, let alone in the home of the long-awaited child of promise. Abraham is immersed in contradiction. He's in a theological contradiction because God's instruction as he understood it and believed it contradicted the promise of a future nation. He's in an emotional contradiction because faith was on a, his faith was on a collision course with his feelings. He's dealing with a social contradiction because he will never become a great nation or a great name in his community if he kills his only son. And then he has a relational contradiction because he will never ever be able to be in a marriage that is reconciled. It would create an irreconcilable conflict between him and Sarah. Are y'all with me so far? Abraham is literally up the proverbial creek without a paddle. But come here for a moment because you need to know this. Please get this if you don't get nothing else. That you will seldom come to know God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides without a trial. I came to help somebody here today. And I need to be honest with you, trials will come. I know you got some folk that would tell you if you do this and you do that and you say these words and you, you spend three times and you speak in tongues that, that, that you'll be all right. But trials will come to every life in many different ways. If you live long enough, you will encounter trials of health and wealth and faith and failure and relationships and friendships. Trials will come. Look at a neighbor real quickly and say, trials will come. I, I need somebody who's gone through something. Don't, 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 don't look if you've never experienced, but if you've gone through something, look them in the eye and say, hey, 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 trials will come. Trials, hear me well. 
Trials are adverse circumstances that God permits to help us pinpoint where we are spiritually and to prepare us for where God plans to take us. Can I get a witness? Because if you are alive, you cannot and you will not escape life's trials. Sometimes when you just, you feeling, I mean, comfortable, the rug gets pulled out from underneath your feet. Sometimes just when you think that you've got it all figured out, it all comes crashing down. Just when you believe that your journey has survived a whole bunch of bumps and lumps, uh, you realize there's some more hills I got to climb. Just when you thought that your money was together and that your coins were right, all of a sudden you start having a financial fatality. Uh, one crisis after another, just when you thought you had it made, the real sacrifice. Is anybody in this place know what I'm talking about? Because everybody under my voice right now knows parenthetically that you're either in a trial now, you just came out of a trial, or you're on your way to a trial. Somebody ought to just say it with me, trials will come. They are unavoidable. There are unavoidable realities of life. And yet, even though we all experience them, we also should take comfort in knowing that before any trial gets to you, it must first pass through the hands of Almighty God. I think I just said something. There's a shout right there. You just missed it. Nothing comes our way without first receiving divine permission. And here it is. If God permits it, God has a purpose for it. Abraham's trial had a purpose. Abraham's trial would stretch his faith, but also his understanding of who God is and how God works. Can I help you with this real quickly? Don't miss it. Trials will come. Trials are tough. If Abraham, and y'all know this is football season, right? In fact, the day starts it. Some people at the Rock, they were wearing jerseys. I'm glad y'all ain't trying to be rivaled like that. <coughs> I thought they was going to have ushers on this side for the Philadelphia and on that side for Dallas and another side for Chicago. But, but uh, yeah, thank you all for being neutral today. Listen, if Abraham had been a football coach, he would have thrown out a red flag on God. Some of y'all looking like y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking like, hey. For those of you who are unfamiliar with NFL rules and regulation, when a head coach perceives that a referee has made a wrong call, He'll throw out a red flag. And that red flag signals that the referee needs to review the play. Go on, tell the truth. Have you ever wanted to throw out a red flag? Yeah. Has anything ever happened in your life and you say, God, I need you to review that play? And I'm sure Abraham had his doubts about the call that had just been made. But that's who he understand the gods to be. He understood how the gods worked just like everybody else that populated that period in history. And yet I'm sure he still had his objections. He still had his detriment. He didn't understand it. He didn't like it. It appeared to be working to his detriment and not his development. Because after all, he's supposed to be the patriarch of the family. He's the one who's supposed to have have the responsibility to guard and to guide and to shepherd and protect and yet now it appears that this yet to be named God he had followed away from home wanted him to do just the opposite but can I comfort you real quickly because we all need to remember that when we cannot see our way clear that God does some of his best work in the dark 
I, I, I need about 45. I'll make 46 people who would just say amen, Pastor. God is often nearest when God sings the farthest away. Somebody needs to grab that today because Abraham responded to what he believed he was being led to do. No argument, no fuss, no alternative plan, no negotiation, just faith. And he lived long enough, y'all, uh, to discover, and I have too. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 let me give you my testimony. I, I, I lived long enough to know that even when we don't understand, there's often times I just don't understand, but I know that God still has a plan and a purpose in those trials of life. And because of that, we can thank God. That's why I come here. You don't, you don't know what I've been through. Or the people who sit next to you, you don't know what they've been through. But yet they can come here and they can praise God. And they can give glory to God. Because they know that God has a plan and purpose. And if you know he has a plan and purpose, you can praise him. You can thank him. You can trust him. In the middle of any trial, in the middle of any trouble, in the middle of any tension and trauma and crisis. Because you can affirm by faith that God is always working it out for your good. I need somebody to say, preach pastor. What a tragedy it is when we often miss our purpose in the midst of our trials. We're so fixated on the struggle. We so caught up with the strain and the stress. Abraham was in the midst of a terrible trial. And he faced the choice between the blessing that was given and the one who gave it. Sometimes we are so caught up in being and falling in love with the blessing that we forgot about the person who blessed us with it in the first place. I don't even know who I'm talking to. You about to lose your house. Let it go. The same God that gave you that one. He got one that's waiting for you that ain't even been built yet. Can I get an amen right there? Some stuff you just got to let. Listen, those of you who got children and grandchildren, I, I can almost guarantee you've heard them say to you, uh, what am I getting for Christmas? And because you, like me, you, you love them and, and you give to them because you love them. But you want them to love you whether you give to them or not. And the same thing is true for our relationship with God. God gives to us because God loves us. But God wants us to love him apart from the things that God chooses to give us. If he never does another thing, He's already done more than enough. If he doesn't give you another blessing, he's already given you more blessings than you can write down or count. Can I remind you real quickly that God is not some cosmic concierge. God is not a gigantic genie. God is, is, is I wish I had. He, God's loving hand is only prompted by us going after his heart. He loves giving from his hand. And that was the center of the trial for Abraham here in our text. And so my question is, can you worship when you don't understand? Can you praise in the midst of your problems? 
Can you serve God when you don't get from God what you want from God? Will you still give him glory and tell him of the goodness of God when it costs you something that you really value? That's where Abraham was. He's got to worship. Because verse 3 says he rose up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two men with him and Isaac, split wood for a burnt offering. He's going to church. Got up early for the early service. Because he wasn't out all night. He wasn't streaming. And on the third day, he raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Three days is a long drive to get to church service. I'll wait for you. Three days, but he took it. And the pastor tells us he didn't even hesitate. Abraham got up early, went to the place which God told him to go. And, and here's where I'm going, that you will never, ever know God as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides without a trial and without trust. You got to trust him. Because his response, y'all, is in trust. He responded in trust. Verse 3, it doesn't say Abraham tried to bargain with God. Now, God, now, uh, it, it does not say that Abraham asked God why. In trusting obedience, he got up, got going, got to doing what he believed God had asked him to do, even though it didn't seem to be working in his favor. And once he got to the mountain, he told the two young men who were helping him, stay here with the donkey. I and the lad, his son, will go over there and we will worship. We will worship and return to you. Notice that he expects that both he and Isaac will return. Y'all didn't heard this sermon before. And, and what's more, more revealing to me is the testimony that comes later in Hebrews eleven seventeen, because later Hebrews writer says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And, and when you think about that, he, it must mean that he considered that God was able to raise people even from the dead. Because that's how everybody understood the gods to operate in those days. So even in the midst of his confusion and pain and trust, he still went to worship. He still went to church. Say so he still went to church. He trusted even though he went through with the call to sacrifice Isaac, believing that some way, somehow, the God who had produced life through two aged and worn out bodies will resurrect Isaac from the dead. And Abraham had never witnessed the resurrection of a person, but he did experience the resurrection of potency, which resulted in a supernatural conception and birth from Isaac. Why y'all so quiet? It may have been a different problem, but he surmised it is the same God. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed this. I, I'm going to hang my hat on this nail for a moment because I don't care what you're facing. It may be a different problem. It may be a different pain. It, it may be a different pressure, a different person. Uh, but can I remind you real quickly that God is the same God 
The same God that brought you out then will bring you out now. The same God that delivered you then will can and will deliver you now. God healed me then. God protected me then. God made a way for me then. God opened doors for me then. God will do it again. And somebody ought to shout and he can do it right now. In fact, sometimes God allows us to experience larger and more complex problems because God says, now you're ready for me to reveal myself even bigger to you. You can't give up on God because things don't make sense because you could very well be walking away from a a new manifestation uh, in your life. And I need about 31 witnesses who can just testify that you don't need to say, just tell somebody, don't give up on God. Tell him you can't give up on God. He's about to do something bigger. He's about to do something larger. He's about to blow your... I'm trying. I'm trying. How important it is for us to hear a word like this today. In a moment when so much stuff is going on in our world. Every day. People have lost their minds. And it ain't just folk in poverty, the rich, the poor. Businesses are closing, evictions are proceeding, homes are going into foreclosure, interest rates are up, utilities are being cut off, cars are being repossessed, student bills are uh, preventing student progress, gas going up. Stocks going down. There's only one thing that you can be sure of. And that God is still the same. That stuff keeps changing, but you got the same God. And you ought not, don't give up on God. God will come through. Can I get about 55 more witnesses that believe it? I need somebody who can say it with certainty. I need somebody who's normally quiet to stand up and say, you know, I normally don't do this, but it's, I've lived too long to, to our God will come through. He may not come when you want him, but honey, he will be there right on time. God permitted Abraham to step into a situation that only God can fix. Every, every now and then you're going to endure some problems that you can't get no help from anybody. This is a problem that's God-sized and only God can fix this. And God did that for Abraham so that God could reveal what only God could reveal. Abraham couldn't deduce his way out of this one. He couldn't strategize his way out of this one. He couldn't leverage his way out of this one. He had only one option and that option was to trust Abraham and Isaac started to walk to the place of the mountain and that God had specified. Abraham took the wood and all the necessary stuff for constructing an altar for a burnt offering and giving Isaac him. Uh, in verse 7 it says, uh, Isaac, basically it was quiet up there, but he broke the silence. Sort of like y'all getting right now. And he says, behold, Father, the wood and the fire. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? 
Abraham replies in faith, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Here's where the plot thickens because they get to the mountaintop. They build the altar. They arrange the wood and he binds his son to the altar at the top of the wood. And in my imagination, I could hear in my ears his labored breathing as he sighs, not only because of the long walk up the mountain, but also because of his despair and his confusion. And can't you imagine Isaac's anxiety? Why has my father tied me down? He raises his hand. He's holding a knife to sacrifice his only son. But the Bible says three words. But the angel. Where's C.D. Peterson when you need him? I, but somebody ought to shout right there. Somebody ought to throw up both hands. Some of y'all been shouting like this. But there's a hallelujah in this. But the angel, the car wrecked. But the angel, the house caught on fire. But the angel, gunshots were fired. But the angel, COVID-19 pandemic. But the angel, I felt like ending it all. But the angel, I was at the end of my rope. But the angel, I didn't know how I was going to get out of this one. But the angel, I told God I wouldn't do it again. But I did. I messed up again. But... The angel. Somebody listening to me right now. You came all this way to sit in this service. You ought to give God a but the angel testimony. You ought to give God a but the angel shout. You ought to give God a but the angel praise. The angel of the Lord. Called to him. From heaven. And said Abraham. Abraham, do not stretch out your hand against the lad. Do nothing to him. Remember our question in the beginning? What type of God would require you to sacrifice your own child? Here's the answer. Not this one. Somebody ought to grab it, y'all. Tap your neighbor and say, you're not even listening. Because his previous views of God's was that this God was like all the rest of the gods. He, he thought this God, like the rest of the gods, was erratic and fickle and, and capricious and reliable. And, and, and like all the other gods, he thought this God had temper tantrums. But this God is different. When, when he trusted this God, he discovered that this God was not like all the other gods in which the people believed. This God was the one who gave to you and not take from you. This God is the one who did not require your children. This is the God who will give you your children. This God is not the one who's breaking into the world to do some crazy things. This God breaks into the world and does unexpected things. This God cares deeply. This God loves fervently. This God works miraculously. This God was greater. This God was stronger. This God was higher than any other. What type of God would require you to sacrifice your child? Not this one. Somebody ought to shout, not this one. I'm almost through. But there's a verse 13 that says, Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the bush by the horns. Abraham went and took the ram 
offered him up as a burnt offering place of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord who provides. The Bible says, and to this day it's called, the Lord will provide. Now watch this. He didn't see the ram until he looked up. He didn't see the ram until he... Yeah, yeah. Somebody came to church today, your head was down. Somebody, somebody, this word is for somebody who's been looking down. Stop looking down. Stop looking around. Today is the day for you to look up and realize that God, just like he did it for Abraham, has already provided what you need. Okay, y'all, y'all didn't... He ain't providing. He has already provided. I got to say it again. God has already provided what you, I'm in the text. It's about to shout you because while Abraham was going through his trial, climbing up the mountain on one side, God had a solution of Abraham's provision. The ram was coming up the mountain on the other side. And all he had to do was look up. Y'all ain't even hearing me. You, You got problems on this side, but God's got a solution on the other side you 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 got some you got some questions on this side but god's got an answer on the other somebody ought to shout i'm i'm looking up because i see something about to happen great on the other side all you got to do is trust oh help, help me holy ghost trust is critical because often god's answers is already on the way to capture our agony. It's already done. All you got to do is trust. And tread through trial. And as you tread through trial, let God reveal what God has in mind. Because as a result of God's providential provision, Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He discovered, y'all, something that day that he... He, he, he discovered something that set this God, that set Jehovah apart from any other God. All the stuff he had heard and previously believed, it changed his life forever. And in the same way, if in your trial, you can just summon enough courage to just trust, you will never look at your trials the same. You will never look at your troubles the same. You, you will never look at your situation the same. You will never look at your tension the same and your test the same. Stop this old me stuff. God trusted you with that pain because he knew that you could take it and transform it into purpose. He ain't wasting some stuff on you. God lets you go through it because when you come out of it, all you got to do with it is look, Abraham did open your eyes and see. Oh my God, listen, there's a, there's a connection between seeing and providing. Providing, providing, provision. Pro. Vide. Video. See. Seeing. Pro, before. Provide. God provides. God sees before. The root word of gyra literally means to see. Help me, Holy Spirit. It's another word, uh, another form of the word provide. And the word provision, come here for a moment because here it is. Provision means to see before. God wants to provide for you. You pouting and you, 
kitty party and every party needs to stop sometime, y'all. God's provision for Abraham was based on God's vision of what Abraham would do. God's vision led to provision. All you got to do is just align yourself with God's vision and then you can receive God's provision. Your prayer ought to be stop, stop saying give me, give me, give me. Start saying show me. Show me where you want me to be. Show me why you put me here. Show me why you've kept me. Show me why you never left me. Show me which step to take. Show me what move to make. Show me what door to walk through. Show me what door to walk out of. Show me how to talk. Show me how to talk. Show me how to walk. Order my steps in your word because God's vision leads to God's provision. Whatever you need to do, Whatever you require to do what God has assigned you to do, it will be provided. Resources provided. Connections provided. Networks provided. People provided. Strength provided. Money provided. Whatever you need, God provides. Won't he do it? Ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. But hear me when I say this, God will never, God will never, you will never know God, I should say, as Jehovah Jireh, without entering and encountering a trial. You got to go through something to know he can provide. You know why there's a whole lot of folk that are rejoicing? Because they know what hurt looks like. Wait, I ain't done. But they know how God can help you get to the other side of hurt. Because in every trial, you got to learn how to trust. That leads me to my last point. Because as you trust God, it will lead you to triumph. Can I get a witness? Like Abraham, when you're caught in the contradictions of life, remember triumph emerges out of trust. Are you willing to trust God even when you can't trace God? If Abraham had gone halfway on the trip, he wouldn't have finished the whole journey because partial obedience is still disobedience. Spiritual victory is rooted in spiritual alignment. Can I tell you the truth? All of us have Isaacs in our lives. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again. All of us have an Isaac or Isaacs in our lives. That's that thing, that person, that circumstance, that situation that you won't release. That you got to hold on to. That you cling so tightly that you want it more than life itself. And here's my question. Can you trust God today with your Isaac? Y'all didn't get that. God, watch this. He intervened and provided because Abraham's trusting response revealed that God mattered more to him than Isaac. God provided because it showed that how much God mattered to him and because Abraham was willing to give up Isaac, he got to keep Isaac. Because he was ready to give him up. 
that's why he was able to keep him because he was willing to give him up that's a shout if you don't shout I'm gonna shout for you because God is ultimately not trying to take something from you God is ultimately trying to give something to you because he was willing to give him up he got to keep him watch this this is the shout that's what y'all was waiting on he got to keep him and then some that's why you can't stop reading the word keep reading it keep reading it verses 15 to 17 then the angel of the Lord said to Abraham because you have done this and have not withheld your son your only son I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on this it's an expensive mic but I gotta drop it because listen Isaac was just the beginning of the blessing of God from a, for, uh, for Abraham Isaac was just the beginning of the blessing from God I'll say Isaac was the beginning of the blessing that would last generations. That, that, I don't even know how to say it no, any better than that. That, that, that. That's my word for somebody listening. The blessing you have right now is just the beginning. The question is, how bad do you want the rest? Okay, I got to go. Our guest got to get back. She's got a concert to get to. She's, she's been in this service. She's been waiting for y'all. I'm waiting for y'all. Maybe let me share. Let me share this story. Maybe this will get you because a friend of mine tells a story about a man who was going to a store searching for a certain item. He went in the store and for about 10 to 15 minutes. If most men, we don't find what we're looking for within a certain time. See, we 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 know we go in the store with a purpose. We ain't dilly dallying, talking to. In fact, we dodged it all, man. He was in the store. <laughs> 15 minutes had passed, couldn't find. He was on the verge of walking out. But as he was about to make his exit, the salesman approached him and said, did you find what you were looking for? Man explained to him. He said, well, I searched. It didn't appear you have what I wanted. The salesman responded, oh, wait a minute. We do have it. We got exactly what you're looking for. He explained to him his search. The man said, I, we got, sir, I know, we got that. It's just not on this level. It's up on the next level. But I need to tell you before you head in that direction, the escalator ain't working. And the elevators broke down. If you want it, you're gonna have to take the stairs. So the question is how bad? Do you want a good day, Resurrection? I, may God bless you real good. This ain't a shouting sermon. But I can't close unless I ask you, how bad do you want it? If you really want it, you've got to take the stairs of trust. You ought to look at somebody and look them in the eye and say, how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to take the stairs? Because what you want what you need, what you desire, what you require is available in your life. It just ain't on this level.
is on the next level. And if you want to get to the next level, you better get the stepping. Is there anybody here that's willing to step into what God has for you? Because step by step, you can get it. Step by step, you can have it. Step by step, God will provide. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? You just got to step. Because I heard somebody say, if you take one step, God will take two. Hey, it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do the same for you. Step in the name of Jesus. Step in the name of the Lord. Ain't the Lord all right? Step and watch God provide. His name is Jehovah Jireh. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Give God some praise. Come on and praise him. Come on and give him thanks. You ought to praise him in advance. Praise him right now for what he will provide. Hey, hey, I'm glad, I'm glad that Jesus lifted me. Satan had me bound, but Jesus lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master, but the master, anybody know the master? Don't fool me. Do you know the master? The master of the sea heard my cry from the water. He lifted me. Safe, safe am I. Love lifted me. Love found me. Love kept me. Love is keeping me. I know he's all right. That's all I could do in the mic after that sermon. Woo. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for that life-changing and impactful word. I just want to give God some praise for that word. Amen. Let's give God some praise for that word. For that word. For that word. Somebody in here needed to hear that word. Somebody in here needed to hear that word. Somebody in here needs to know that God is Jehovah. He's the one, the Jireh, that's been providing for you. Not just materialistic things, but spiritually and covering you, as Pastor said. That was powerful there. 
Look, if you are in here under the sound of his voice and the words that came forth, and perhaps you've been searching and looking, and as he said, you've been asking the Lord for something. Today he gave you that something. He let you know he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider of your peace. Oh my God, Pastor, thank you. And all of that is just as easy as ABC. A, admitting that you need God Almighty. And without him, you are lost in sin. B, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and died for all of our sins. And C, confessing that Jesus is the Savior and Lord of your life. It's that easy. And if that's you, as our deacons and our ministers come, we ask that you would meet them down here. Amen. Amen. Somebody needs to know. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this is important to me. Everybody on your feet, if you can stand in this house, stand right now. Here's why it's important that you do that. You might be helping somebody else by your standing to come to know Lord as your Savior. If you got yours, that's good, that's fine, but God didn't save you to sit. And here's, here's another reason why you ought to stand. There's going to be a time if you live long enough that you're going to wish that you could stand. I was watching a few football games yesterday trying to put together this sermon in between. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Football season is hard on all of us, even pastors. It's, it's hard. But I was watching this, the fans. They didn't have a problem standing. They didn't have a problem shouting. They didn't have a problem rooting for their team. And we come to church and we get all docile. Looking at our... They, they weren't even looking at the time. They were looking at the score. And God sent you here today to hear me to hear me say this to you, God wants you to pay attention to the score. You can't change the time. It's the score that matters right now. And, and, and right now he's saying, if, if you don't have a church home, that you're not ahead in the game right now. And, and in fact, the enemy has you right where the enemy wants you. But once you get up out of that seat or come out that row and walk down this aisle or join the church, the enemy is all, he's, listen, already defeated. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I dare you, sister. I don't know where you are. I dare you, brother. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I know I'm talking to you because you came here and you're hearing this word, God is speaking to you, your heart's beating real fast because you don't want to walk in front of all these people that you don't know. But God is saying, do it. The faith of Abraham meant that not only did he get the blessing, but he got some, then some. Come on, sister, I see you, come on. Come on, I see you. God's got a blessing with your name on it. Come on, I see you. Somebody else right now. Would you walk by faith? Give God some praise for her. I know you don't, you don't want to make a big deal about walking down the aisle, but come on. Trust God today. I guarantee you, listen, everybody in this church who's connected to this church, most of the people, especially before the pandemic, before we had ways of, of joining online, walk before all these people connected with this church. 
33 years ago. I came to this church at 25 years old. 33 years ago. And I had to connect with a group of people who I didn't know. Most of them were older than me. Not knowing what God would do, where we would go. We were in a little old strip center in Universal City. The strip center is still there. It switched hands I don't know how many times. But God knew when we were in Universal City and the church had moved several times before then that we were going to end up in shirts. Watch this. But he knew that we had to be in shirts on September the 9th. What's the day? 10th. Yeah, see, that's where I'm at. He knew that we would be in shirts on September the 10th and that you would be at church and that you needed a pastor. 33 years ago, God had already worked it out and saw fit that you'd be right where you are right now so you could walk down this aisle. I dare you to not take advantage of your moment. This is your moment right now. Come on, let's celebrate. Somebody's about to make a decision. Wherever you are, take advantage of your moment and say, God, thank you. Thank you for my moment. I'm, I'm not going to play. This is my moment. I'm coming. I see you right here. I see you over there. Come on, this is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. You ought to make some, you ought to get louder than that. Somebody is, is claiming their moment right now. Come on. Give God praise. Help me out. Help me out. Look at your neighbor and say, it's your moment. Come on, smile at him and say, it's your moment. Jehovah is his name. Jehovah is his name. Come on, help us sing it. Come on, come on. We waiting on you. We waiting on you. We waiting on you.
Praise the Lord. We thank God for those that gave their lives to the Lord and those that are part of the kingdom. Let's give God a hand praise for those. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We've worshiped with the word. We've worshiped and praised. Now there's an opportunity for everyone in here, online, on the radio, to be a part of this great service. It's given time. We praise God for all that who gives and all of those that donate. It is a blessing. We're able to bless others. We're able to bless others' community. If you want to give, it'll be on the screen. We ask you to text RBC1 to 77977. We are also blessing those that are in Maui. Let's continue to keep them in prayer. Because of what you do, we're able to do what we do, and that's bless the community and worldwide. We thank God for your offering and your blessings. You can also give by dropping it off here at the Church Family at Shirts location, and you can give online. So the next thing we're going to do is graduate our evangelism class. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm excited because I've been through the process, and when I tell you it will change your life, it will make you study the word. Deacon Sneed and the rest of the amazing team are compassionate about what they do, and once you finish, you'll be compassionate about what God has called you to do. Amen. Deacon Sneed. If you would come, sir. Moments to acknowledge those people who have. Uh, matriculated for three and a half years in the process. Uh, and, and, and Pastor Brown, it's no different this year. We have uh, all kinds of backgrounds, people that are already in ministry, graduating, and people who are doing ministry on a continuing basis, people who are already teaching, but yet they took the time. Three and a half years. So if you just give us a few moments, what would you pay uh, a lawyer, one doctor, for just a few minutes for three and a half years of their time? What, 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 what would you do? Give us that time. But uh, we certainly are here because of, for one reason, that's to give God glory. And in giving God glory, we would like to acknowledge uh, the person who is uh, uh, the visionary for resurrection, who brought the process to resurrection. He doesn't like uh, to take title of that, but he's on one round now, so he's got to take uh, uh, credit for it. And we're executing his vision. Uh, we're supposed to be, our vision statement, what? Servants of Christ? Developing followers of Christ. Well, I'll tell you one thing and then I'll quit. <laughs> you can't develop that which you are not. In order to be a disciple of Christ, you've got to 
in order for you to uh, develop disciples of Christ, you've got to be a disciple. God has not asked you to do. He's asked you to be. Because he can do all the doing. He's the ability. As a matter of fact, he doesn't want people with ability. He wants availability. He wants fat people. I, I lead the crowd, Brother Anthony. I lead the crowd. In fact, I'm faithful, I'm available, and I'm sure enough teachable. That's all we need. But uh, I'm going to have the presiding official today is, is uh, Pastor Brown. So he's going to come at this time. But uh, at the same time, I'd like to introduce you. Uh, there are two youth that are going to graduate. And it's not the first time youth have graduated. But it's the first time that youth have graduated under these conditions. We have two young ladies. One of them is not here, but she will be represented by her parents. She's at Howard University in Washington, D.C. But during COVID, these two young ladies you saw them all over YouTube, very active with the youth. And so it's upon the recommendation of the evangelism coordinator and the senior advisor that we acknowledge those two youth who have really, uh, their process ceased during COVID. But we're going to acknowledge them today. Uh, and uh, that's uh, the, two, uh, the two names that you will hear are the Armands and they, uh, the daughter that is not here will be represented by her parents. Sister Betty. Kenya Armand. to receive her sister's certificate, Anaya Armand, are her parents. 
This way. Donica Ivy. <laughs> Robert Evans. Melissa Lee. <laughs> Kathleen Samuel. <laughs> All right, Kathleen. Cindy Jones. Courtney Wallace. Bryant. 
please turn the microphone She drives all the way from Kyle, Texas to get here. Amen. That's almost as long as it took Abraham to get up to the mountain. Right? Minister Melissa Benson. And finally, Esther Johnson. Pastor Brown, uh, commissioning orders are in place. Please dispense our graduates with the commission. Class of 2023. Of course, there's a few of them that I need to still check the credentials yes. of. <laughs> Didn't I want to embarrass you in church? We are proud of you. We thank God for you. I know you might have thought when we first said three years that it was going to be long. For maybe two or three of you, it was 10 years or 15. But aren't you glad that you did it? Yeah. Amen. To you, I say congratulations. You are dismissed.
You may now depart to serve. Thank you all. Thank you all for allowing us this time. Amen. Come on and give them one more great big hand of praise. We're going to have a word of prayer. And we're going to let you go. You can continue the music while they're still moving. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Before we, before we move, I want to encourage everybody in this church to allow yourself to go through this process as well. We teach a class called Basic Bible Doctrine. Y'all, I am so sick of what I hear on YouTube. You can find, hardly find a Christian television station that's preaching the real gospel. There's, the gospel is being preached, but more people are hearing things that just makes them feel good and it's not doing anything to transform their lives. You need to know what the Word of God says, and then you need to read it for yourself. Don't trust just someone standing behind a platform to teach you everything and to tell you everything. You have a responsibility. Amen. I'm going to need... My OCD is kicking in. This, this side is a little bit over that far. That, yeah, I need y'all to fix that when y'all get a chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having a moment, okay? Where's James at when you need him? Tell him to fix it for me. I will not be up here preaching next Sunday with this being lopsided like that. Amen. I don't think the Lord will let me do that. Amen. On a real serious note, we thank God for Deacon Sneed and all the evangelism teachers. Sister Betty, we are so proud of you guys. But a strong church needs to be a spiritually mature church spiritually mature people wonder why I crack jokes and all that kind of stuff I'm balanced I believe you need to be real be who you are be who God made you don't be fake don't be phony amen I don't take myself seriously but I take God very seriously and I want to see you resurrection all of you who have joined this church who have connected with this church I want to see you grow uh, grow spiritually no matter how old you are we baptized a man, I think that was 80, 90 years old one time in this church. Amen. And, and, and there have been others, uh, babies who have, who have matured, now grown adults, and then you, wherever you are right now in your walk. So I encourage you to do that. And, oh, last but not least, you don't even have to be a member to be a part of this process. Amen. So may God bless you and may he keep you. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you right now for this privilege. Now as we leave this place, we deputize your 
saints, your followers, to lead this building, to do what this song says, go ye therefore, teach all nations, to touch all nations. Lord, we are just simply followers of Christ. Who want to share the love of Christ in the name of Jesus. Give us that passion and wisdom to do so. And we'll be careful to give your name the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for allowing us to take this extra time. God bless you.